Say the intro with your mouth full. Right there, guys and ghouls. guys and ghouls you're tuned in to broadcast from the belfry a adequate podcast for some weird people called the morbidly curious my name's sanjay i'm the the, the boy voice and the girl voice next to me is georgia how are you doing appreciate today appreciate you assigning me your binary genders you're right i'm sorry the bass filled <laughs> voice is sanjay and the slightly did you know you have a deep voice for a lady yeah. A lady person? I didn't realize that until a couple, oh, like a week ago. I, I like, today had a, re- a revelation. Did, like, someone else point it out, or did you no, figure it, it out yourself? I figured it out myself, put two and two together, put my big boy thinking pants yeah, on. Yeah, my voice doesn't go very high, and it's not pretty when it does. No, same. What were we talking about? Our names? Yeah, how are Dude, you today? No, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Where were we? I think it was on Sat. it was on Saturday. We went to the Renaissance Festival this weekend, me and interns too. And uh, we were <laughs> taking shelter from the rain. And Stu looks up and he goes, I think I just heard Sanjay. And I was like, no, you think you just heard Deep Chaco voice. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, that's his username on Instagram. It was Deep Chaco voice. And mm. that's what you heard. <laughs> and he goes, huh, glad we cleared that up. Mm. It was not Sanjay. My, my Twitter handle is no longer Deep Chaco voice, though. My Instagram still is. That's but, what I said. Oh. Because sure? I, yeah. I also had White Claw at the Renaissance Festival. Dude, ain't, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. <laughs> a couple of our f- mutual friends of the podcast, uh, like two of them were in the same room drinking the same case of White Claw and both snapped me individually and were like, so this is pretty good. And I was like, yeah, I told you it was. I have immaculate taste. So this is the what first year. This is the first year that I've been to the Renaissance Festival where they've served White Claw, which I think yes. is really funny. And, like, yes. people were drinking it. Like, these are our mugs, and people were drinking their White Claw in their yes. mugs on, like, the pub crawls and stuff. I love it. It was a great time. However, it started pouring down rain, and uh, we got really wet. Nice. Wet. And muddy. On Friday night, I took Taylor, my roommate, to see Nick Offerman for her birthday. Mm. And that was awesomely hilarious. Good. Very socio-politically driven humor. But Sounds like him. It was also really appropriate for us as anthropology majors to go and hang out. Lots of relevant subjects. At first, I thought you were going to be like, it was uh, appropriate for us, you know, as women. As and I women. Was like, Who are you? Like... I, you mean like as elderly? Yes, as elderly like, women. Yeah. They they were very uh So like, it was very um like comedy mixed with music. His his music that he writes. He I didn't know he wrote music. Yeah, he does silly songs about and stuff. Funny. Does he play sax? No, he doesn't. He plays ah. he plays guitar, but the the point I was actually getting to so he leaves the stage and everybody's you know screaming he comes back out and he says this is your dessert 
And he started playing 5,000 Candles in the Wind. I don't know what song that is. Bye Bye Little Sebastian. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, and wow. everyone, the whole theater wow. was just singing, <laughs> singing along Bye Bye Little Sebastian, <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> There's another verse. I didn't know there was another verse. Dude, he made it for the fans. I hope so. For Nick Offerman's for the kids. So I would have shit my though. pants if Chris Pratt came out, too. I would have shit my pants if Megan Mullally just came out and was like, is that him, Perkins? No, that's Tammy, too. Oh. Who was actually his wife in real life. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The chick from Will and Grace. Yeah. Yep, that's his wife in real life. Uh, so I had to work at 5 a.m. this morning, <clears throat> or 6 a.m. It's, it's all the same to me. Uh, and my eyes, like, don't like it when I wake up early. Like, my body just, like, shuts down. <laughs> So I'm gonna be like rubbing my eyes a lot. Okay. So just like be aware of that. Everyone in the audience, imagine a grown man, you know, around six foot one, looks like he's maybe only eaten ramen noodles and fruit snacks for most <laughs> of his life because he has. Uh, sitting next to you in a cafe. Okay. It's pretty quiet. There's a few people talking. There's live music in the background. And all of a sudden, you look over at him. You notice he dropped his pen, so you want to offer it back to him. And as you lift the pen up, you just see him slapping his eyeballs like <laughs> it just like open palm slapping the shit out of his own face that's what george is gonna have to go through for the next hour it's okay because um intern sue also has really bad allergies and mm. all he's been doing is rubbing his eyes and making weird noises with his nose yeah i do that too actually so, yeah yeah it's been great i wonder it's been great it's, oh he got a promotion is that right oh yeah he yeah. did so if we sound slightly different today, it's because we have this sweet, sweet makeshift sound booth that could potentially collapse on us at I'm any moment. I'm waiting for it. Any second it's going to collapse. I mean, it's been erected for about three hours now, so I don't think it's going anywhere, but, you know, we'll see. So anyway, um, I'm going to read this. I want to thank the assistant to the regional manager. Which is the regional manager? No, it's not. There's a there's a difference. Wait, which one of us is? Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, obviously. There's no way I'm in charge of anyone here. I want to thank the assistant to the regional manager, Stu the Best Hog, which, full disclosure, that's his last name. He's not calling himself a pig by writing that about himself. Yeah. Hog with two Gs. Two Gs. Because yeah. he's the... Thick boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For making the awesome sound booth, he is also an amazing boyfriend. So a passionate lover, one could say. In turns to is now assistant Stu. No, he's now executive producer. Executive. Like he's the Dick Wolf of no, this podcast. He can be yeah. executive producer when he does all of the editing, so I don't have to. That's very fair. But until I am not so much of a control freak to let anybody else even try and do that then no. Have you had your midlife crisis yet? I've had two quarter life crises. Crises. <laughs> I think that adds up to one midlife crisis if my fractions are correct. But I told myself I'd live to be 100 so I'm not at my midlife okay. yet. Cool. I think your midlife crisis is going to be when you eventually let go enough that like someone else could take control of stuff like that. <laughs> so we still got 20 more years and before. And everyone's going to be like, oh my god, what's wrong with Georgia? <laughs> Speaking of, so our district manager sent out this word document to everyone and it had all of the people in our team so it had like 12 names on it and it's like put two to three adjectives beside each name like that describes that person on our team mm -hmm. and they like printed out little 
like things for us today with that like you are the new Dr. Seuss quote on it. Mm-hmm. And then they had like different pictures on it for everyone, so mine had a black cat on it appropriately. And then they just had like all the adjectives around it, and somebody put easy going on mine. What? <laughs> That's not true at all. It's maybe it's because you're uptight the rest of the time. And so this person was like, oh, like maybe they're always just this nice. Like, no, you see her the two minutes between like getting to like poop and then leaving for work. And that's it. And you're just like, this is the best time of my life. Like, that's it. Like, no. All the others were like unconventional, smart, witty, clever, attentive, meticulous. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Georgia's smart and she pays attention to shit and she's really thorough at her job. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. those are true things. Not to be full of myself or anything, but those are true things. This isn't a humble brag at all. And then there's just easygoing and I literally laughed out loud when I read it because I was already like I just went off in our little meeting that morning. I just went off about how uh, I was like, you guys need to do this better, and this better, and this better, and this better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about why you all suck. I think we're talking about clowns today. We're talking you, about clowns. You've, you've given me a few, like, leading questions, or, well, like, asked me some things that lead me to believe. Yeah, also, I just, I want to have a really long conversation about... It chapter two. Yes. Which is why I was like, let's talk about clowns this week. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have chlorophobia. That's fear of clowns. Chlorophobia? Yeah. Then what's the fear of chlorophyll? I don't know. This is C-O-U-L-R-O. What's the fear of collared Col- shirts? Cholerophobia. Cholerophobia. What's the fear of getting a disease that's killed millions? I don't know, but I want to talk about cholera sometime. I'm we thinking the Victorian will. diseases episode is in order. How oddly specific. N- you're going to hate it. Well, like cholera. It's probably gross. Consumption. Whooping cough. <laughs> whooping cough. <laughs> yeah, I said I that like really it, yeah. weird. Whooping cough. Whooping. Also, um, in my uh, not-so-show-related notes, I tried to write the word popped just now and wrote pooped instead. Oh, it's good. Uh, somebody... I tried to write shard. There was a shard in my shoe, and I ended up typing something about there being a shard in my shoe, and I was like, that is very also unfortunate. Accurate. You know, very s- unfortunate. Sometimes you just try to, uh... <gasps> Luna. Hi! Are- um, Luna's been super evil lately, if anyone cares. I've washed my sheets, like, three times this week because she's just having an angry fit every single day she peed on Stu's shirt she peed on my backpack she peed on my bed she peed on the laundry that i was too lazy to put away i mean honestly it's probably just Stu. like no you're so cute i'm okay have tip picture right now our mascot slash avatar slash familiar has graced us with a good lay down i think we've been blessed so i'm gonna start off this conversation about it chapter two is that okay no Oh, man. I have a schedule. Oh man. Oh okay, man. Fine. We'll talk about fine. something else then. Okay. Fun fact number one: the term cholerophobia is derived from stilt walking. So, like, not all clowns wear stilts. Mm-hmm. I have very rarely actually seen clowns in stilts, but that's yeah. what the that's where the term comes from. Yeah. But it's also not actually a clinical diagnosis. Like somebody just basically made up the term and then spread it around and everyone was like yeah that's sick let's do it yeah like that's a good name like it's not in the official book of phobias that's 
cool and dumb. Yeah. Imagine just getting famous because you made up a word and everyone was like, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Do you think clowns started as creepy and evil, like we see them now? Or do you think they were good at first and our fucked up society and just bastardized them because of John Wayne Gacy and creepy things we see in pop culture and... So, I have no idea who John Wayne Gacy is, but I think they're definitely, like, demonized, bastardized, whatever. Because, like, thinking about it as a whole, uh, I feel like clowns are kind of a derivative off of, or, like, their makeup specifically is based off of, is it, like, Japanese plays? Where they would have, like, the super dramatized white makeup and, like, overdrawn features, and there was a lot of, like, over-the-top everything with aesthetics. Like Kabuki theater? Yeah, Kabuki, that's it, yeah. And uh, they would have they would have to be elevated because of how like the theaters were set up. So you'd be on like platform shoes. Interesting. And that was very like it was a, I didn't, an art style. You so know? obviously, I did a lot of looking into this, and mm. I didn't actually come across anything about Kabuki theater. And now I'm confused about that because yeah, it could just be like a complete like yeah. non-related thing that or maybe, seems like it should be related to me, but or maybe they are derived from the same place in much yeah. different ways. So you're wrong. I wrote wrong what? in my notes before I even knew Why? what I was going to say. Stop assuming that my, like, <laughs> naivete is going to lead me to think that everything's good. So, uh, I, a lot of the reading I did, I kept coming across this guy, Benjamin Radford, who wrote a book called Bad Clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the stuff I'll talk about is going to be his ideas from that book, which I actually want to sit down and read the whole thing. It seems really interesting. But he says that clowns were never really good or evil, but their foundations are based in the trickster archetype. If you're familiar with, like, Jungian archetypes, nope. or do you know who Joseph Campbell is? Nope. Joseph Campbell... Oh, no, he's, like, uh, he's the soup guy. Nope. Is he the lead singer of... But, uh, of course, we're going to talk about soup. Is he the lead singer of the Wonder Years? Nope. All right. Joseph Campbell, um, he's most famous for this book he wrote called The Power of Myth, where mm-hmm. he talks about... Uh, different archetypes but I think I can't remember I think Jung came first but you know like Jung the psychologist he is oh my god (laughs) the actual goal of this podcast is just to make Georgia upset (laughs) with how much I don't know about these things she cares about that's it We've come full circle podcast over goodbye thank you for listening to podcast from the Belfry (laughs) Carl Jung he's credited as one of the fathers of psychology um, and he has all of these different ideas one of them being that in mythology and joseph campbell has the same thing in mythology we have recurring themes and motifs within characters mm-hmm. and so you can basically break down any story into you have your hero character you have a specific type of archetype for the villain, whether it's a shadow or some kind of antagonist. It varies from myth to myth. Um, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that would be a shadow villain, and even though that's within one person, the shadow can also be mm-hmm. a separate person. Joseph Campbell actually helped write Star Wars because one of his main... What? One of his big tenets is that myths are essential for coming of age and oral traditions as they used to be passed down in societies Mm -hmm. was really important to knowing your place in society and that whole coming of age ceremony process those kinds of things 
his theory as to why modern society is so insane and off kilter is because we don't really have modern myths and basically what about mothman no mothman total myth i hate mothman he creeps me out sasquatch seen by marshall erickson okay. but besides that but myth. my best friend ryan goes to a bigfoot conference with her mom every year and i really want to go do that too. Yeah, All it's, right, let's... it's in Nebraska. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so Joseph Campbell helped write Star Wars as a modern myth. So you have, you know, you have the hero figure, you have the mentor figure. And actually, what I was reading today, I would have assumed, I guess, you have Obi-Wan as the mentor figure, the mentor archetype. Whatever the article I was reading suggested that Yoda is a trickster character. I could see that. Yeah. I can see it, but I wouldn't have never. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have made that assumption on my own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Joseph Campbell helped write Star Wars as a modern myth, appropriate for modern. You know, it's not an oral story as myths used to be. It's a movie, and it well, and now still, it's just a whole thing. But. Yeah, clearly, it's like expanded past that. Like it is a. Yeah. Like, there's uh, the religion mm-hmm. of, like, like the Jedi faith is religion. Yeah. I am literally wearing two items of Star Wars clothing yes, right now. Are. Like, my socks have R2-D2 on them, and my shirt is covered with Mandalorian stuff. <laughs> like, uh, clearly, it's expanded past that into, like, day-to-day life. Yeah. Where you can subtly be influenced by it, which I guess mm-hmm. would cross into that, like, that myth realm, even though we don't have modern myths, except for Mothra and Bigfoot. Slenderman, too. Oh, good. Who's just a child predator. Yep. Yep. Which I think we should talk about creepypasta sometime. We should. Because how Slenderman came into existence. It's wild. Yeah. It's literally creepypasta. It's just Photoshop. (laughs) Yeah, like, turned into a YouTube series, turned into more creepypasta, and movies, and blah, blah, blah. The creepypasta, or children stabbing each other in the woods, like, that's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my one of my personal favorite creepypastas that I've read so far is the Russian sleep experiment. That is one of the few creepypastas I've read because that scared the poop out of me and I could not. Back to what we were talking about. Benjamin Bradford uh, kind of traced clowns back to this foundation and the trickster archetype Um, and so in any myth like Loki trickster yeah um, the trickster guy yeah i mean like coyotes in native american mythology yeah. the trickster i guess spiders in egyptian spider like a nazi or an, a nazi a nazi yeah. is like the trickster god in, yeah no that's north north mythology no that's um i thought that was some kind of native american mythology too it might be no it is because american gods was is like the yes. most like prolific yes, modern work right. that involves yeah. him yeah. And be, the Norse mythology already has Loki as their trickster. Yeah. So those are some examples. Um, so they're like characters that possess some kind of intellect. And we'll talk about this when we start talking about it. But Pennywise, especially in yes. the remake. In chapter two. So much. Encompasses the trickster so much. And it, and it didn't really click with me until I was reading this like two hours ago but i got really excited yeah, about there's it there's so. a scene specifically that i want to talk about that like stood out for me in the movie yeah. that i 
it was the epitome of the trickster archetype okay. based on like what you've said so far. Yeah. So like characters that possess intellect or knowledge that they use to play tricks or pranks or they deviate from social norms a lot of times. They break taboos. They don't play by the social or physical rules of mm. society. So oftentimes like with the physical rule things there might be a supernatural aspect but there doesn't have to be. You know, the, some some people even c compare if you have some stupid, like, romance story and all the big muscly dudes fail at doing something, but then, like, the scrawny guy, like, outwits them. Mm -hmm. Like, that's still tricks. There's still a trickster element yeah, there, you know? That makes sense. They're destroyers of duality, which I thought was an interesting concept, but it makes sense because, like, look at Loki. Loki... He was super gender fluid. He could mm -hmm. become when he shapeshifts. Mm -hmm. Even in his woman form, he still became pregnant. So, yep. and I found this really interesting. Research shows that people who suffer from schizophrenia often have one personality that is very much a, a trickster kind of mm. emergence. So that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I would like to do some more reading about that. So the idea of clowns became recognizable to our modern eyes during the 16th century in Italy. That's when harlequins mm -hmm. came out with their like stereotypical like the checkered diamond patterns and mm -hmm. the masks and the everything. And they were originally servants who would always try to thwart the plans of their masters. So they were always like agile and sly and sneaky but also still smart for the most part, like mm -hmm. the fool. Yeah. They're still smart, even though the word They're seems... like deceivingly smart. Yeah. Mm. And the name Harlequin is derived from masked club-wielding demon characters in medieval passion plays, which I didn't know, so that's interesting. Take that to DC and figure it out. Yeah. What's up? Passion play. Like Passion of the Christ uh, type of, like, those plays from... Spicy. Yeah. And then this inspired the character of, I don't speak Italian, but I'm gonna go with Pulcinella in it's Italian theater. Pulcin, Pulcin, Pulcinella. There's an L in it, though. Yeah. 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 My phone just said it's time for bed. <laughs> Rip. Lol. Um, and then that became anglicized into Punchinella, which eventually became Punch and Judy. Do you know what that is? No. Nope. So, it's still a super British thing. It first appeared on May 9th, 1662. It's a really violent puppet show. It used to be a lot different, but the last hundred years or so, it's become kind of a kid's thing. Oh, no, I do know what you're talking about, actually. Yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's like one guy sitting in a booth and he has like hand puppets mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of slapstick, like violent slapstick humor. But the original story punches an alcoholic dude who beats his wife and murders their child. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think they're also tying back into pop culture because that's the only thing that I that we yeah. know about in here. Uh, did you watch Scary Stories, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Yes. Okay, isn't that what the one kid was dressed as? Like, um, there was the kid that was in all white, and everyone was like, nice clown. And he's like, I'm he not a clown. He was Piero. Okay. Yeah. Which, I did read a little bit about Piero, but I didn't make any notes about him. But I think that was the French 
style like, okay, avenue yeah. of adaptation mm-hmm. from the Harlequin. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. So Punch and Judy was traditionally a marionette show, but it became a hand puppet show eventually. And the proper way to portray Punch is with that really squawky voice, mm-hmm. which I just watched that episode of Doctor Who last night, the Christmas special with the snowmen, for those of you who know what we're talking about. Clara's telling the kids about the man who lives on a cloud and he's gonna save them and mm-hmm. they don't know where he is and then he's in the Punch and Ju- he's in the booth and then he has the puppets and that's the way to do it! That's yeah. how, that's like his catchphrase and that's how he says it. Oh, and, that yeah. actually made no sense to me and I assumed it was just a Doctor Who like abstract off of yep. the like American Mr. Rogers, which is kind of oh, the same, yeah. mm-hmm. what Mr. Rogers is a spinoff off of that, but completely the opposite. Yeah. So instead of, I'm gonna like beat the shit out of my wife and murder my kids, he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna be a really wholesome dude. Yeah, exactly. Let's be an t- example for all these children. Yeah. Let's talk about our days and be trains. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's Punch's catchphrase and the squawky voice so pun it's punch and judy now but originally his wife's name was joan fun fact number two is a squawky voice i numbered them today so i wouldn't lose count and then nice. i still forgot to say them fun fact number oh yeah this is still fun fact number two Indeed. just kidding mm-hmm. so yeah he said with that like that squawky voice is one of his trademarks and then that's the way to do it is his catchphrase and his wife's name was originally joan but it was too hard to say when you're doing that squawky voice so they changed it to judy so it was easier oh yeah wow. and are you familiar with the saying please does punch yes so fun fact number three is that saying exists because of punch and judy I... because he's really pleased with himself all the time and he's really egotistical what the heck yeah I just assumed it was like, you know, when you're, you've had a long day of like mowing your lawn or <laughs> yeah. beating your wife and you just, you get a really nice sip of lemonade. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'm so happy. Please does. Mm-hmm. Punch. I can see that. Yeah, British humor is really messed up. Yeah. Doesn't that explain a lot about me? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Do you remember the great clown panic of 2016 boy howdy do, do you I. remember it did you know that that's actually the official name of it the no. great clown panic of 2016 that's so okay tell me what you have to say about this because i have i have big thoughts on i this. read a lot more than what i'm gonna say about it i'll put it that way so in okay. this actually the first time this happened was in 1981 there were reported clown sightings there are two different types of clown sightings there are phantom clown sightings and there are stalker clown sightings Mm-hmm. So in 1981, they were only phantom clown sightings, which meant that people reported seeing clowns with guns or machetes, and they were supposedly trying to abduct children. But there was never any any evidence of this happening, mm-hmm. which is why it's a phantom clown sighting. Mm-hmm. And so there was no evidence and no children were harmed. And that differs from soccer clown sightings, which is mostly what happened in 2016, Soccer clown sightings are when someone just dresses up as a clown and like all like what they were doing when they were just standing on the edge of woods or in yeah. parking lots or whatever looking creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. They're not attacking people, they're not doing anything harmful or illegal. Mm-hmm. They're just being creepy bastards. Yeah. I don't know. So when That's it ha- what I got on that. <laughs> okay, cool. When it happened in twenty sixteen and I think we meant we talked about this a long time ago, like before the podcast exists or whatever, because it like uh, it was a very unique thing to me was that the, if I remember correctly, the initial it chapter one mm-hmm. advertising involved that it involved 
clowns like sporadically showing up and it mm-hmm. was right after they released the first trailers mm-hmm. um but in the it universe it's what every 27 28 years 27 years yeah. so in 27 years like past that was the time 1990 the, when the miniseries came out exactly mm-hmm. when the first clown sighting started to happen so it's very interesting and i wonder if this is a people being influenced by yeah or if this is a i don't know like or yeah. people taking it upon themselves to bring that terror yeah or if it's just a coincidence or what but it seemed very apparent as someone that did nothing but stayed inside and sat on the computer around when i was in tw- <laughs> when i was in 2016 but uh oh, really? Yeah, uh, it was directly influenced by, and there were very uh, specific traits that you could trace back to Pennywise, mm-hmm. and specific scare tactics, like being in and around sewers, yeah. or being around like bodies of water. Well, and I also and remember like around then, people would post pictures of just like the red balloon. Yeah, exactly. Which is in a the place. trademark, yeah. you know, so you can't, it, you can, but uh, if you didn't know that the it that yeah. it existed, that that universe, that culture... You would shit your everything. pants. Yeah, and that's just terrifying, yeah. and it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So that I can understand, but also there needs to be kind of a credit trace back, I think, yeah. if not fully, at least in part, to well, Stephen King's and works. There were some. there were some initial sightings in 2013 in Ooh. the UK, mm-hmm. and they figured out that that was like an advertising stunt. Really? And it was 100% advertising? Yeah, and I don't know what it was for, wow. but it was entirely a publicity thing. This is kind of off topic, but fun fact number four, Benjamin Radford, the author of this book, he also wrote a book on the chupacabra. When I was a small child mm-hmm. in England, which is really far away from Mexico, and there are way more sheep than there are goats. Mm-hmm. The chupacabra is the thing that kept me up at night. Really? Yeah. No, as an, an American-bred boy, also my grandparents would go to Mexico all the time because mm-hmm. they really enjoy, like, Mexican culture and just Mexico as a whole. But, uh, so, like, chupacabra is Spanish for sheep sucker. Yeah. So, they... goat sucker. Mm, I think it's sheep. Mm. But it could be goat. I don't remember. I... Intern assistant Stu would know. Yeah, he would know. I'm not gonna yell at him. Yeah. But, uh, we could text him. I don't want to text him. Okay. Continue. So there's a kind of disconnect because we don't really have sheep or goats as a primary source yeah. of fiber, uh, produce, or yeah. like anything, you know? So it's kind of, it was funny to an extent because it's like, chupa means suck, haha, <laughs> like <laughs> sheep or goat sucker, <laughs> like whatever. And then as shows like Ancient Aliens and all those yeah. weird shows that I love to watch because I'm a trash human being came out, they were starting to show these small dogs that were mummified. <laughs> and they were like, this is what a chupacabra is. It's this, like, literal, ch- like, chihuahua. Yeah. Maybe at the most, I don't know. Well, and if you look at, like, artist depictions of chupacabras, they look like bony little chihuahuas. Yeah. The ones that are short-haired but too tall to really be yeah like very long legs and And they kind of look like italian greyhounds yeah shout out to loki my former chihuahua roommate from many years ago also shout out to the uh the old lady that lived on my street when i lived in uh east kansas she had a bunch of whippets she had a bunch of whippets and every time she walked the three or four of them she would never get out of the middle of the road 
I hate her guts. <laughs> I haven't seen her in 10 years, That's and I funny. wish I hit her with my car. I hate her so much. I had to go to work, Brenda. I had to go to school. Uh, I have places to go. Please get out of my way, or I, I will did. run you down. Exactly, and I could be in jail now, and this podcast would be very different. Yeah. Just think about that. It would. Man. So when I was reading about the clown panic, I came across this quote. It's not really related, but it's really funny, so I'm just going to read it to you. Seeing a clown wielding a knife would scare anyone, and as pranks go, this one isn't funny. But in the grand scheme of things, a hundred sightings is not that big of a deal. You know what kills 400,000 people each year? Global warming. Is that a Neil deGrasse Tyson quote? No. Okay. It sounds a lot like the quote that he had a few weeks ago. Uh, I love we're gonna, him. We're going to have a Neil deGrasse Tyson episode eventually where I can just talk. I'm going to wear my Black Science Man shirt, and Me it's going to be such a good time. I love I, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I love him so much. But yeah, no, that's... Global warming's a myth, though, so... Well, obviously. Recent myth, like, modern myth, global modern warming. Modern myth, global warming. At me, progressive liberals. Thank you, stupid government. You, we're gonna come back to this. We a, are. We're gonna come back to this when I talk about John Wayne Gacy. Hold on. Okay. Why do you think clowns are scary? It's because I'm gonna tell you you're wrong, but, oh, okay. you know, I still wanna hear your opinions. Uh, they're, like, dramatic, you know? It's the same thing I said I'm about, dramatic. like, the Wiki Am theater. I scary? And, yes, you are! <laughs> I've never said you aren't scary! Uh, the fact that they have, like, the, like, super big eyes and, like, big mouths and their faces are always painted in a specific mm -hmm. emotion, mm -hmm. that's not normal. You know, uh, that and that pretty, kind of dissociate. You are almost, us. you are slightly right. And there's this Harvard professor who researches the psychology of horror, and he says that clowns are scary because they're familiar enough to be recognizable, mm -hmm. but there's still something off about them that like triggers that survival instinct in your brain that tells you that something's not right. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. You're not, I guess you kind of are. I just keep wanting to talk about it, chapter two. We're but almost there. We're almost there. There's. Let's go back to Slenderman. Like Slenderman is scary because he's a humanoid figure yeah. that doesn't have a face. Yeah. You know, if he was just like a, a werewolf, yeah. then it's like oh, that's scary because it's a wolf. You know what it is. But yeah, but the fact that you don't <clears throat> know what's so, guys and ghouls, you may notice a slight different change in audio quality and what you only view as a few seconds, but to us, it's been almost 24 hours because the laptop that we normally use to record pooped its pants, you know? So I apologize if our energy level's any different right now, or our voices, or... Also, it's about to, like, storm. Uh, if so. you hear a weird noise, it's a tornado siren going off for real. Yeah. It's already gone off twice. Yeah. But this is how committed we are. Maybe we'll get carried off by a tornado. <laughs> We're gonna see Dorothy. And we won't be in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, boy. What an original joke. So, we're talking about clowns, and, uh... Tell me about Jim. Yes, yeah, so I know this guy, very, very cool guy, named Jim Dixon, and, uh, he, I think is the reason why I don't have an aversion to clowns. He's the only one I've met in my adult life, or maybe my whole life, actually, and he's legit. Like, this dude's been going to all the clown conventions that like, go on in the country for the last very long time, uh... And I've seen him go from, he cosplays as the Joker pretty regularly around the state as well, along with his wife, who cosplays as Harley. And I've seen him go from a very, like, serious, somber, like, emotional Joker just to, like, a super sweet guy talking about his profession and, like, shit back, like, back and forth. So, yeah, I think that's, I can see how 
in certain circumstances in the United States, people could be terrified of clowns Mm -hmm. because it's not something you interact with daily. So the anomaly, in addition to, or not the anomaly, but the, uh, like the rarity, the scarcity of seeing clowns. And Mm -hmm. then just suddenly here's a movie, here's a weird story kind of scares the poop out of you versus like the Italian way. If you know that clowns are nice and you have a friend that's a clown, a clown, you're not going to be afraid of them. So also everyone check them out. Uh, he's real cool. It's Wichita Joker on Instagram or Triple Diamond Entertainment is their couples cosplay stuff because, you know, Harley Quinn's got three mm-hmm. diamonds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're really cool. Really nice, nice folks. It's starting to rain a little bit that's, harder now. That's called a storm. Yeah, a storm. Well, and like the radio said that it was just rotating right now and high winds, but gusts up to 65 miles an hour. So if you hear anything weird, that's probably what it is. All right. Yeah, I think that if you know who John Wayne Gacy is, you might have some instincts to be scared of clowns. However, I'm going to break some misconceptions real quick. Well, Sanjay doesn't know who John Wayne Gacy is, which is stupid. He lived under a rock. Luna wants to look out the window at the rain. I have no idea who that is. I don't remember if we talked about that uh, when we were doing some stuff last night, but... Yeah, I have no idea who John Wayne Gacy is. He's got a cool name, though. John Wayne Gacy is a serial killer. That's less cool. Okay. He was active from 1972 to 1978, although only two of his 33-plus victims were... Yeah, so he was active from 1972 to 1978, but he only killed two people between 1972-1976. And, and then he just like, everyone lost his else, mind. Yeah, everyone else was between 1976 and 1978. And I think that he got divorced sometime in there, and I'm wondering if that was a trigger, Ooh. maybe. Or he was working at, like, a Little Caesars, and he was like, you know, I don't <laughs> I think, think I actually enjoy... I think he was a contractor or something like that. A contractor for Little Caesars. Yeah, bro, yeah. yep, that's like, it. You know what's better than making pizzas? Making Little Caesars? <laughs> no, killing dudes. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, let it all murder. Like, that's it. So that's when he went to full-time murdering. So I'm wondering if maybe, because it was his second wife, that he would have divorced during that time. So I'm wondering if that was a trigger. His Tammy, too. Tammy, too, yep. He would do a lot of charity work, dressed as a clown. He wasn't a professional clown, by any means, but his clown name was Pogo. And he, uh, he did not dress as a clown when he lured his teenage boys or young men victims to their deaths Mm -hmm. he did not dress as a clown when he murdered them he did not dress as a clown for any part of his serial killerness he just happened to be a clown he just happened to do (laughs) ironically charity work as a clown but then when he was on death row he died by lethal injection in 2014 he would do like self-portraits he painted self-portraits in prison of him dressed as a clown but fun fact i found this out from one of the other podcasts i listened to he didn't actually paint them all himself he had like an assembly line of the other prisoners and so like they would just go down the row painting a certain part what the fuck you know like someone did the nose and someone did the eyes and why yeah like how does that benefit him i just so he could make more paintings faster why did he want to make more paintings because he wanted to cultivate his image as a killer clown even though he never actually killed as a clown he was like a killer comma clown but not like a killer 
like hyphen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about he punctuation. Mm-hmm. He hid bodies in his crawl space. How big was that crawl space? More like a standing space at that point. Yeah, right? well, this is the first time I brought this up on the podcast was you said something about having dead bodies in your backyard, and I said, okay, John Wayne Gacy. Mm. And you said, I don't know who that is. <laughs> not much, or I guess a lot's changed in the last five minutes, but <laughs> yeah. before that, not much had changed. So, yeah, that's uh, the story of Pogo the Clown, a.k.a. John Wayne Gacy. Or, oh, this is what I was going to bring back to when we were talking about liberal agendas earlier, mm-hmm. last night. Uh, Wikipedia made sure to note that John Wayne Gacy was registered Democratic. <laughs> so yeah, I think that Wikipedia has an agenda of promoting all Democrats as serial killers. Yes, yeah, the, the liberal media, you know, just... <laughs> Make, making people into murderers. The right wing has been feeding Wikipedia way too much money. Remember when they kept asking for all those donations every time you open Wikipedia? It. They haven't mm-hmm. been doing that lately. That's true. It's because Trump has been funding them that his money. So I actually, I had a teacher in high school who was a huge proponent of Wikipedia. Uh, he was a, a chemistry teacher, and he was like, I don't give a shit if you use Wikipedia, because yeah. do you know who edits Wikipedia articles about, like, <laughs> People <atoms>? like me. <laughs> yeah, nerds. Like, nobody else is just yeah. going to, like, I'm going to go to the molecular structure of this thing and make it into a fart joke. No, that's too much work. <laughs> like, only nerds edit Wikipedia. So he's like, I don't care. Just make sure you say that, like, this is what this is. Yeah. So I can, like, reference it if there's something critically wrong which yeah. is there's an abysmally abysmally small well, chance and that's of a, because you have to cite in wikipedia posts they have all the citations listed at the bottom and so as long as the text is cited properly then, then you're fine. you shouldn't have an issue yeah. yeah but there was that one time where someone kept saying something about like hillary clinton or hillary duff or something or britney spears <laughs> same person no it was like there was, like, a correlation. It was that, like, a politician and a celebrity were the same person secretly, but, like, obviously they weren't. Or it was that, like, Hillary Clinton was a rhinoceros. I don't know. It was it was a long Interesting. time ago. Yeah. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Speaking of killer clowns, it's time. Talk about it, too? Yup. It, chapter two? Yup. Cool. Uh, I guess we'll put a spoiler note in the show notes or whatever. If you have not seen skip forward it, like ten two. minutes, yeah, and just because <laughs> we're gonna go on a tangent. Yeah, eat a pizza, say hi to your kids, <laughs> do whatever you want to do, really, or just literal skip forward, and we'll have send an us pictures shoot. of your pets. Yeah, while you skip seven. forward, exactly. So I did not watch the original It movie, like the one from the seventies, because nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety, because my it's not the same thing as the seventies. Pretty much the same thing. My mom was terrified of it yeah. uh, because her aunt showed her when she was a kid. My parents are pretty young. And uh, she was like, nope, never again. So I grew up being terrified of the premise of it. The concept of it. Yeah, but was persuaded into watching It Chapter One. And I thought it was pretty solid. Like, it's a well-made movie. Yeah, by hope. Uh, That makes sense. I was like, this is, like, pretty okay. I don't know. It was, there were some scary parts, but overall, like, it's a very well-made movie and you get connected to the kids and i was like all right whatever i'll watch the second one the second one was so much better in my opinion it was so good well and the second one was a lot more so like the 1991 was a mini series and it was the whole because they didn't do here's the part with the kids first and then here's the part with the adults with a couple flashbacks the original was all 
the adults coming back and then the, there's just like flashbacks the book is the same way oh, it starts oh. with them being adults and coming back to Derry, oh. and then flashing back to that summer when they fought it 27 mm-hmm. years earlier the first time that makes sense yeah so but i liked that they i mean obviously they took a, some creative license with chapter one just because they did flesh out yeah. they fleshed out that whole summer mm-hmm. um of them but i like that they did that because it kind of gave you more of an emotional connection to mm-hmm. the characters yeah and so by the time you watch chapter two you're just more invested in them as people mm-hmm. i think yeah. in my opinion or that's how i felt about it anyway no, me too and even if we if for some reason they did it in the reverse order where <clears> we have like a bunch of adults coming in and there's like tension romantic tension between some of them and there's obvious history between these other characters and then the second movie was just them like flushing out the entire story so we don't even see how they beat it the first time we just see them do it the second time yeah and then we're like oh shit this is why this is happening that would be really cool but i don't think i would have liked it as much like this was the best way to go about this kind of storytelling and i had like kudos to whoever directed it they did a very very good job yeah he said um I read an article the other day about him saying, someone asked him what the scariest part of it to him was, and he said the scariest part of directing the whole movie was how easy it was to translate, because that scene of homophobia at the beginning of chapter two, Mm -hmm. where the gay dudes get beat up. I slept through half of that. He, well, that was based on... Stephen King wrote that in because he read a news article about that happening. Whoa. Um, two gay guys got beat up, and they threw one of them off a bridge, and he drowned. What the fuck? And he said the serious thing for him was that that scene from the 80s was so easy to translate into a modern mm-hmm. setting. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. And, and my... Like, I went off on a tangent with Stu about it the other day the scariest things in it to me and Mariah too we had really long conversation about it at work the scariest things I saw and I've heard I think I've said this before like one of the things that Stephen King is good at is adding those layers of really relatable horrifying real life things Mm -hmm. on top of all the supernatural bullshit yeah so like Beverly's creepy, molesty, mm-hmm. abusive father. Yeah. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, even just being a teenage girl and being terrified of getting your period is scary enough, like without the molesty factor on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or like, like Eddie's a, creepy relationship with his mom. Yeah, and, exactly. And Bill Hader's like whole, I don't, was that added in? I feel like someone said that there was either that he didn't... What was it, Billy? Was that Billy? Bill Hader was Richie. Richie? Yeah, yeah. Richie and Eddie was yeah. the kid that died. Yeah. Uh, but someone said that, like, that relationship didn't exist initially. Was Richie yeah. actually gay in the book? or would, I don't know. Yeah. But even, like, the way they went about that... That was really was fucking really, sad. It was. <laughs> I was crying when it, like, showed him... Like, it showed him as Richie carving R plus whatever. You need yeah. to see the other initial. Until and then he the goes back end. and he was like, recarves it mm-hmm. after Eddie dies. And I was just like, ah! 
<laughs> you never get to tell him how he feels and he was stuck married to someone just like his mom who did you know it was the same actress the actress no. that played his wife was the same actress that played Whoa. his mom yeah Yikes. just to add like the extra creepy factor yeah, to that's it that's a real Fordian shit um yeah and then in the book i know that it's stan that is the one that cuts their palms and makes them swear to come back mm-hmm. which makes it even more significant that when mike calls them all and he just like kills himself mm-hmm. which was super fucking sad yeah and i thought that that was just it at the beginning when yeah. it's like he kills himself and i'm like all right that makes sense like this is a lot to take on and he's got a wife and they're gonna go on vacation oh, yeah. and he can't find this puzzle piece uh and but then when it gets to the end i was sitting the letters there, yeah when he's reading the letter i think a little <laughs> bit before then but especially during that point my like i had been bothering me and i was like what the fuck is wrong with my face right now and i'm like watching the movie and it keeps happening and all of a sudden i'm like oh i'm crying like i am like emotion is literally being ripped from my body as i'm listening to this man say how much he loves his friends you know he literally sacrificed like the only thing that he could which was everything he could yeah you know which is like he's like Ugh. i can't go back there and i know you guys can't win without me so i'm literally i'm not mm-hmm. killing myself because i'm miserable i'm killing myself because i can't go back and we have to be together yeah I was just like, oh, that was so much. so fucked up. And the... The part where his head turns, like, grows the the spider spider legs, that's from The Thing. It's a reference to The Thing for... I don't really know why. You mean classic horror? Yeah, and then Richie, when Richie says, you gotta be fucking kidding me, Mm -hmm. like, that is also a reference, because that's the response from the the thing hmm. so yeah I, I haven't seen that in a really long time it's based on a story that i really like uh called who goes there and then the thing is like the movie it's not entirely based on it but it's very heavily adapted from that story and a couple others um so i've been wanting to watch that i forgot that they remade it and i'm scared to watch that but i might mm. watch them back to back just to compare them yeah the thing remake is probably terrible i mean it depends who made it and when it was made if it was made in 2005 to 2008 it has like bad. no one that's fine in it that's of fine. any significance so i'm gonna say it's probably like a b movie yeah oh <laughs> speaking of people in movies Uh-oh. the fact that the fucking old spice guy was in this movie <laughs> killed me <laughs> I was like, where have you been? Like, this is <laughs> Filming crazy. it. <laughs> yeah, like when he looks, I didn't realize it until like 30 minutes in when he looks over his shoulder at one point, and I was like, that's him. Fucking Mike is the old spice Look guy. at your man. Look at me. <laughs> Look at your man. Look back to me. So I was funny. like, hot damn. This is it. I also just love how Ben got hot and nobody recognized him at first. Yeah. Also, the casting was so good. Yeah. Like, I kind of didn't recognize him at first because, like, I just didn't recognize what any of the kids... Or I hadn't yeah. watched the movie in what's been like a year, two years. Yeah, like a year and a half, probably yeah. something like that. So it took a second, and then once I was lining up everybody, I was like, "Hot damn, they did yeah. an immaculate job." They really did, because even like, yeah, Ben got hot, but they made him submit pictures of when he was a kid to be like, "Yeah, I was chubby when I was a kid," oh, wow. and stuff like that. And then, um, I think Eddie was the best one, lookalike wise. But they all did. The only mm-hmm. one I didn't really think was that convincing was Beverly. Yeah. So. And there's... I feel like you and I might have talked about this when we both saw the movie. Mm-hmm. So I think we saw it, like, a day apart. But uh-uh. uh, the... 
I agree. And, like, her her likeness was okay. Yeah. But I really wish they got the main female from Sharp Objects, if you've watched that show. Uh-huh. It's, so the young, it's, like, there is a flashback style kind of uh, yeah. show as well, based on the novel. That, and, like, the, it won a bunch of awards, the show did. But uh, Beverly, young Beverly is the main young actress. Uh, okay. And then, like, the main old actress, it's... Like, she's just famous. Looks way more like her. Yeah, like she's a famous woman. I cannot remember her name yeah. right now. Uh, so, thanks somebody. Either you are hope for filling that in later. <laughs> probably her. But uh, yeah, I think that likeness was a lot better. And this actress was good, like acting wise. But yeah. Yeah. I think they might have just gone for like yeah. Uh, they went well, for the high school. It was weird because th- he said that he had been considering having her as Beverly since they wrapped up the first movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's weird. Then you should have picked somebody else for young Beverly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it was still good. I still loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Me too. I'm, I th- think I will like probably rewatch this movie again. And yeah. I don't really like watching horror movies. Uh, like it's been established before, I don't like scary shit a lot. <laughs> but I really enjoy well-made things. And this, in the same sense as, like, a lot of other modern horror movies, yeah. uh, this was, like, executed so well yeah. that I'm going to want to rewatch it just for all of the, like, even, like, the weird manifestation of Pennywise when he gets, like, really big and gets all spidery. Yeah. It's like, I'm well, the epitome the book, of fear. his yeah. true form is a spider. Oh, that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. they don't really address that in either of the movies, but it's just one of those things that if you were familiar with the book, then you would catch on to that Mm -hmm. and in the book there's this like all-knowing turtle which is the one who tells billy about the ritual to weaken him or whatever yeah is he but they don't there's no turtle all-knowing turtle no (laughs) but in the first movie they make several references to turtles like there's a lego turtle in um, Georgie's room, and... Where do you find... What? Why is there an all-knowing turtle? That sounds dumb. I don't I'm know. I'm glad that was taken out. <laughs> it makes more sense. It was still kind of, like, I didn't, like, super like that he was, like, I found a Native American tribe, and, like, in their yeah. voodoo craziness, yeah. they said all this stuff. Like, that's kind of played out, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, an old... Based in, like, super old uh, stereotypes. But I liked that he went to other people, and then went, like, through history yeah. to find... Like, documentation since, of yeah. this thing happening. And since he yeah. lived in the library, too. That that made sense. But yeah. if a turtle just showed up and was like, I've got secrets, I would yeah. have been like, no, that's, that's this dumb. This turtle in the book, the turtle is, like, this omnipresent, omnipotent, all-knowing turtle. Where does he live? I don't know. Does he pay rent? Does he have a job? <laughs> does he work at Claire's or something Monday through Friday and you can just find him at the mall? He knows earrings like nobody's business even though he doesn't have ears because mm-hmm. he's a turtle that's why like in a futurama they this one guy was like you can be a perfect the best chef in the world bender because you don't have taste yeah because you do not know taste you are not inhibited yeah by what it means to cook. everything it's the same he makes thing. is disgusting yeah <laughs> so this was the same thing that someone's like you turtle with your no ears can be the best piercer in the world because you're not inhibited by what the physical form he means just stabs someone in the neck yeah, just murdering dudes piercing gun he's like twenty dollars all right moving on last last topic insane clown posse <laughs> clown check <laughs> 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 
So this quote that I found, I just really liked it. I don't know anything about Insane Clown Posse. I know a lot about I worked. I worked when I worked at the... So in Greensburg, the Dillons and the Quick Stop... Quick... Quick, quick shop. shop? Jesus, whatever. The Dillons whatever. and the Quick Shop are like one building. Mm-hmm. And so the registers were all together, and like the first few registers were like the gas station registers, and then the next three registers were the Dillon's registers. Mm-hmm. And as long as you weren't getting gas, you could check out at either of them, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I worked there when I lived in Greensburg for a little bit. Please tell me the story ends with you had to interact with a bunch of fucking juggalos. Well, one of the girls I worked with was a juggalo. Yes, <laughs> dude. What are they? There's a name. It's like Jugettes. Juglet. There's like a specific Juggle, term for yeah, female juggalo. Juggle. Keep going though. I just So I don't know anything about her being a juggalo other mm-hmm. than she was one and she wore ICP t shirts all the time and she was kinda weird, but whatever, aren't we all? Dude. And the only other thing I know about ICP is, did you ever watch Workaholics? Yes, I did. <laughs> the episode where they yeah. go to the... That's the only... Just so... That is the main reference I have for Juggalos. So, a friend of the show, Matt Tipper, love this man, is from Michigan, and he'll talk about Michigan things a lot, mm-hmm. and one... A ICP Michigan thing. Michigan? No, kind of, indirectly. So, uh, a Michigan thing is Fago. Like, the soda you can only buy in Michigan, for no, the most okay. part. Never heard of that. And, like, ICP, like, fans, like, Juggalos fucking love Fago. Fago, Backyard Wrestling, and Hating Police are three things that they love. Okay. So, like, he would talk about Fago a lot, and we would just, like, call him a Juggalo. Like, nonstop. And, uh, there's a, a concert venue in Lawrence, the Granada, also known as love the Granasty. Yeah. yeah. Love it. If anyone's been to a show over there in the last 15 years... There's a bunch of holes in the ceiling that I didn't notice until I saw Watsky about a year and a half ago. I went to see Census Fail there last year. See, see, in, insane. Like, the next time you go, look at the ceiling. Apparently, they're there because uh, ICP performed in, like, the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, God. And they had Fago guns and were shooting Fago at the ceiling. Like, full cans? Yeah. And it was, like, it literally took chunks of the ceiling oh, out. So, that's there. What else? Uh... Also, like on TikTok, there's a lot of like different checks or whatever, oh and like clown check is one of my favorite ones because it's supposed to be funny and it's just not. It's just like kind of cringy, but like someone go clown check and play Hocus Pocus by ICP. It's a pretty solid song, not gonna lie. And uh, then like girls will be like dressed like clowns and oh, it's the, the, the abracadabra. Oh, fuck, what's the other line? Uh, it's like abracadabra something something something. Okay, uh, it's like. Song doesn't slap, but it's close. It taps. It taps the cheek. Uh, so yeah, Fago, uh, clown check. What else do I know? So I started listening to ICP when I was in high school. Wait, deep story because uh, this real weird chick when I was in high school was in love with ICP, and I was in love with her. So naturally, as an infant, I was like, I can get into I'm this. I'm gonna get in the ICP. Yeah, did not get that deep because I was like, these dudes are fucked. But they're, they're cool people, kind of. They donate a lot to charity. Yeah, and I... It's like, weird. One of the stereotypes is that, like, they're all crazy and Juggle violent bizarre. and stuff, but yeah. they're also, like, really good people, and yeah. they're just like, dude, do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, they're we'll like, look out for you. They're and, weird anarchists. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just... I'd, hmm. I would not trust... Actually, there's... Also, one of my friends is a juggalo, and I didn't know until... It, like, he has a Hatchet Man tattoo. Hatchet Man's the, like, 
uh, like mascot logo for yeah. SCP, and this dude is like completely normal, straight laced, nine to five, wears a suit, and then just has a hatchet man tattoo. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck, man? And uh, so yeah, for the most part, I would not trust a juggalo to like watch my kids, but like, I don't know if you want to chug some Fago in a in a forty five, then I guess that's good for that. So. So I've I've mixed very complex feelings regarding jugglers. The 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 quote I found I can't remember who it was from, but a member of ICP, and it just says there are no killer clowns, just jackasses being jackasses. <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense. I was going. I was, I'm on board. I hope it was something like there's no such thing as killer clowns, just fucking sick clowns, clown track. This is So. Luna, what do you see? Everyone listen to Hocus Pocus by ICP. That's your homework. You cannot listen to the next episode until you listen to Hocus Pocus by ICP. There will be a test. There will be a test. It'll be like a a Disney sing-along, kind of. A Disney dance-along. With, like, the boopy thing at the bottom. You have to know word for word. I'm going to take out random words, and you have to fill it in. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well... That's some shit about clowns. I think it stopped tornadoing. I think so. I'm gonna go watch The Shining Remastered. I'm gonna go play D&D. Whoop whoop. I didn't play D&D last night. I know. Lulu, what do you see? She probably hears someone. Do you hear us too? Stubert. Do you hear us too? Executive producer, Stubert Hogg. Thank you for listening to your broadcast from the Belfry. Uh, If you would like to hear more of us talking about things that I'm not qualified to talk about. Uh, you can find us on any kind of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just just search Broadcast from the Belfry. Just type type those letters, those words, you find us real quick. Or you can leave us a review if you think that I should be more qualified to talk about anything we talk about, including, but maybe excluding ICP, the Insane Clown Policy, and I go way back, or if I guess you want to hear me talk more about uh, all the concerts I've been to, then you can just leave a review. Sanjay should go to should talk about more concerts, or Sanjay should talk more about ICP, and you can do that on iTunes, Google Play Music, a bunch of podcast places. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. Just leave us a, a like, a subscribe, view thing. My cat is staring at us. She's a little oh. familiar. Chon- chonky familiar. Now she's itching. All right, what do we say to these kind people who are listening to us? Thanks for listening, and stay spooky. Sluts! Abracadabra! Oh my god.